Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. <laughs> Ready? Ready to roll? Five, four, three, two. Hello, and welcome to the big lead, big stream, Holiday Potacular. My name is Steve Douglas. Today I'm here with Kyle Coster. We are t- going to talk about... Uh, Wow, uh, how do you even describe this? Uh, let's just, it's Jingle All the Way, the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger Sinbad uh, movie about uh, two dads trying to get Turbo Man on Christmas Eve. It is, it's something. Uh, I wouldn't consider this a classic, but Kyle, you seem very excited about uh, doing Jingle All the Way. Is, is, is this a, a special movie to you? Yeah, I mean, and it's special in a way because I think that every single year I'm reminded of how bat poop insane this film is. Um, like, just before we went on, I shot you a note in Slack that said, hey, you know a bomb goes off in this movie? Uh, and then immediately after the bomb goes off in this policeman's hand, his subordinate makes fun of him for saying that he was on the bomb squad uh tremendously outrageous things happen there's a moment in which sinbad yeah sinbad's in this movie and he's throwing 795 miles per hour in every single scene invokes the name of rodney king in a kid's movie uh just shocking stuff domestic terrorism uh fatherhood commercialism the twin cities uh a lot of the same sites that were in mighty ducks one of the worst kids we've ever seen in a movie like i i didn't want the kid to get the toy um rita wilson oh yeah and also just an unbelievably outrageously good performance from phil hartman tucked in there like it is just a testament to a writer's room and a crew and a staff and some of the biggest stars in the world agreeing at the end of the day to say good enough. And you know what the result is? A movie that is infinitely more fascinating than if it had been any good. Yeah, uh, this is, I mean, this might be like the ultimate 1990s Christmas movie, right? I mean, you have Schwarzenegger uh, as peak, and or I mean, he peaked late '80s, I'd say, early '90s. This is '96. Uh, Sinbad, obviously, uh, Hartman. Um, you have Tom Arnold. Um, Vern Troyer shows up. Uh, Mickey from uh, from Seinfeld, and uh, the the giant Santa is uh, uh, the Big Show the wrestler um yeah this is just a and and it's about it's about the the commercialization and like 
the way that people went crazy about uh shopping for toys um and i mean kind of it's i feel like this was kind of they kind of like took the black friday stuff which this would have been and uh turned it into like the week of christmas but yeah uh there's i mean just so much going on in this movie uh i was i was looking uh at the wikipedia before we did this and this movie was made possible because of delays and problems with planet of the apes a reboot of that uh chris columbus was working on a script for that and he there were pro there were delays so he uh worked on rewriting this script and he had a lot of the commercialization stuff and schwarzenegger at the time was attached to uh the planet of the apes reboot and so this allowed him to come in uh i think my favorite part of the movie we uh right at the beginning is the important part of any movie where we have to show what a workaholic uh the main character is and there's just something inherently hilarious about someone like The Rock or uh, John Cena or Arnold Schwarzenegger having a desk job. Uh, you know, like at the beginning of The Matrix, Neo works in a cubicle, uh, but he's not that kind of action star. Uh, this is a hulking Austrian with a thick accent two nights before Christmas trying to fulfill orders for queen and king size beds to be <laughs> delivered by new year's Eve. It seems there's a huge rush on uh, beds and the part he's just going through is oh, you're my favorite customer. It's like you have time, bud. you can get to your kid's karate match. This stuff can wait until next Monday. It's just absurd, but I I absolutely love the conceit where we have to show just how addicted to work these guys are. It's as if they had tasked like a bunch of like Musk fanboys with making a movie where they like were familiar with like the shadows and the shapes of what business is and what fatherhood is uh, and, and how those things can work diametrically opposing each other and create conflicts but it's just <laughs> you're, you're you're exactly right the most physically gifted man on earth <laughs> like essentially serving as like middle management he's um, a mattress salesman and he loves it he can't get enough of it i was just not familiar with there being so many late night emergencies in that industry in that sector um you can see on paper a world where this should have been really good. Uh, and I think that the, it falls apart with the concept of Turbo Man. Uh, I think that what the plan was, was to create a blockbuster movie with a toy at the center of it. And then using that popularity, that would turn into like the Tickle Me Elmo of the holiday season and everybody was going to get so rich and everybody was going to be so happy with how this all worked out. Like Schwarzenegger was going to take points on the back end of like merchandise. I, in my mind, I really think that what happened here is they saw the success of Jurassic Park a few <laughs> years earlier and they're like, okay, we'll look what the merchandise does for this. What if we put like the world's biggest action star, one of our most popular comedians, the belovable 
the beloved, the beloved Rita Wilson, uh, Phil Hartman. We put all these elements together with the sole purpose of trying to sell this toy, but they just couldn't secure like the proper distributor for it. And it just bombed. Like the toy wasn't even that interesting on TV. Um, It's like in so many ways, a testament to the foibles of commercialization because like, we don't even grapple with any of that in the film, right? Like, the kid only cares about getting the toy. He doesn't care about spending time with his dad, even though that's what he says at the beginning. He's mad that dad missed karate. <laughs> it's all about the toy. And the only thing that matters is getting the brand name thing. And it's sick and twisted in a lot of ways. And honestly, it's kind of cool that this whole thing like crashed and burned. But I think what it shows you is that the nineties were just so freaking weird. They were just so wild and so many different type of things could get moved across the finish line. We don't see movies like this anymore because like people step in and save people from the ideas. But when we were growing up, it was like, when you went to the movies, like it was a real hit or miss proposition. You might be seeing an instant classic or you might be seeing like, a fever dream of like a few coked up executives that made it past far too few gatekeepers. Well, let's, let's first of all, let's not pretend that jingle all the way was not a huge success as it did spurn a sequel 18 years later, starring Larry, Larry, the cable guy. So, I mean, this, this, uh, began a, a series, um, you know, in, 2032 i can't wait to see what they do next with jingle all the way three um yeah that i mean the toy original like you look at it i mean it's the those characters are all based off power rangers they look like power rangers but then as you were talking i realized that what turbo man is supposed to be uh and both uh in the market and in the movie is buzz lightyear which Toy Story came out a year earlier. In an ideal world, Schwarzenegger and Turbo Man are they're doing. They've got the Disney. They've got the Disney uh, re- Disney Plus release this year for you know Turbo Man origin story that is uh, way too woke. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just so many. It's just such a crazy movie. And I mean, just to skip ahead all the way to the end, when he starts flying around a jetpack, <laughs> like this movie, I mean, yeah, you have a reindeer chasing uh, the Terminator through a neighbor's house, but this movie is mostly grounded in kind of reality. I mean, he drives on the shoulder of the road, he gets pulled over, um, except for when a bomb blows up in a uh, in a room full of police officers and a jetpack is used in the public square uh there there's not a lot of fantastical stuff going on i want to be perfectly clear i enjoy watching this movie i have seen it a dozen to 15 times uh my kids really like it and what's really awesome is that they don't get the stupidity like (laughs) i feel like it's like they just don't absorb how outlandish and outside the beaten path this property is or how uh, overtly sexual phil hartman is in this film can we talk about that can we talk about that yeah i mean that's a major plot line is uh you know it's not enough that like i mean rita wilson really given her man 
a hard time. Like classic wet wet blanket uh, <laughs> writing. Uh, I mean, that's that's a problem with Hollywood. I mean, that's that's institutional. We're not going to solve that here. But to spice things up, they make Phil Hartman like the extremely nice uh, and helpful and far too involved neighborhood dad uh, who is just dripping with sexuality. There's a tremendous amount of sexual innuendo presented in this movie. It's not hard to pick up on so much so that I don't think that like a kid needs to be trying very hard to understand what's, what's happening here. Having said that, it is kind of fun. Like that does yeah. give like it an edge to this movie. Like Schwarzenegger legitimately hates him. Like he legitimately hates him. Like I would love to see a movie where like he actually confronts him and kills him. Uh, and, and honestly, like that might've been on the cutting room floor for this movie, considering the chances that they were willing to take. But Hartman's amazing. He is amazing in this. And it's just a reminder that like, even given something so dumb to do, nobody was better at doing anything than Phil Hartman. Yeah, if, I mean, Hartman was great, but I mean, if this movie's made today, uh, that character is played by like Channing Tatum. It's, it's a it's a young divorced dad. It's like, I mean, I <laughs> I mean, I was alive in the nineties. Uh, I was I was a teenager, so. I, I was aware that sex happened and I don't remember uh, Phil Hartman being a sex symbol. So uh, to give Phil Hartman the, uh, I, I've got just the tool for that job and implying that he's having sex with basically every woman in the cul-de-sac is uh, it's a choice, but it is, it was definitely entertaining. It was, it was fun to watch Phil Hartman play that character. And then, uh, I mean, he's, he's kind of like the, I think uh, Dusty Dinkelman was the uh, character in Just Friends that uh, Liam and I just talked about. Like he's just uh, overly good in in an attempt to get with all these women. All right, I got a question for you. Um, is this the most memorable Sinbad performance for you of your life? Probably. Yeah. And what? How did you think that he did? I mean, he was good, and you forget how how big Sinbad was. I I was shocked the first time that he stand next to Arnold, and they're like literally eye to eye. They're the same size. Sinbad, I mean, you you see, I mean, when you say, "Oh, I've got a movie about a a postal worker and a, a mattress salesman," and they both walk through the door <laughs> of, your, uh, of the diner, and they're both these uh, they're big enough to play uh, to start at shooting guard for the Timberwolves. Uh, that's that's gonna be quite a shock. I, yeah, I, yeah, I know exactly. Well, listen, listen. Like, if, if something works well in this movie, it's the physical comedy. Yeah, it's really good, and Schwarzenegger's action prowess is well known. And Sinbad is a very physical comedian when he's on stage. But it, if they weren't like comparable in size, it doesn't make sense. Not that this. Everything here needs to make sense, but you really vie when they're like battling for something like he is a worthy adversary. And I think that their chemistry throughout it is damn good. Like, I actually think that they could have been in a couple movies together. Like, I think given different material, like, okay, Arnold's a bad actor. And in this one, he's particularly 
phoning it in. But he does have this little bit of like playful give and take in that in the way that things evolve, like this movie's worth watching because it's fascinating to watch them evolve and change between being friends and enemies and, and teammates at certain times, oftentimes where continuity falls off the map and, and, and you know, like people who are supposed to be keeping track of it failed to keep track because they needed to do a bit where uh, they needed to first call into a radio station, then race physically into a radio station yeah. in kind of like an airheads homage. Uh, another classic a, of the era. A huge, a major American city and no one listening to the radio knows the name of Santa's reindeer, except for these two people in a diner two blocks away. Who come to blows uh, over their coffee uh, and, and scrambled eggs and then the helpful uh, proprietor of the diner, the same diner that we see in the Mighty Ducks, uh, by the way, I want to point out, um, informs them helpfully that the radio station headquarters is, is just a block away over on Wapasha. Yes, and watching them run down the empty street, uh, middle of the day empty street, because everybody's home trying to order their mattresses on the phone. Um, just, it, it is some... Yeah, I mean, this doesn't work. I mean, you can't. Chris Rock would have been a, a perfect mailman in 1996. But, I mean, you can't have Arnold Schwarzenegger wrestling Chris Rock in a toy store. Um, I, yeah, Arnold, he's, I mean, he's Arnold Schwarzenegger. It, it makes no sense that this man is in Minnesota. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. With his wife and this thick accent selling mattresses like that's that's the that's the big problem with like every arnold movie is what is what is this man that looks and sounds like this doing here i mean it's the great it really is the greatest uh uh argument for america being a melting pot you know it's 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 kind of beautiful but it's also off-putting like the i mean you understand clark for a hundred years we've been led to understand that you know uh lois lane doesn't recognize clark kent when he takes his glasses off but the fact that uh arnold's wife and son don't recognize his voice as he is uh talking to them as turbo man well he just just because he has a visor on is just outlandish i mean rita wilson selling that is just i mean she should have been up for an acting award for that I, she did uh, win win a Razzie, uh, I, I should say, for this performance, as well as the director was nominated. You're right. Um, now, perhaps there are plethora of six foot five, two hundred and forty five, two percent body fat Austrians roaming the streets of either Minneapolis or St. Paul. Uh you know, I haven't done my own research about that. Actually, like what I do know about it is a lot of Norwegian uh, 
but yeah, I think that the voice would be uh, a dead giveaway. Uh, <laughs> the suspension of disbelief you need to enjoy some things uh, is is pretty wild. I'm gonna t- oh, here's a hot take for you. I hate the kid. I hate the kid in this movie, Jamie. I hate that his name is Jamie. I hate every single thing that Arnold says sounds stupid. Like down to Turbo Man. Like why did they make it? I, I it's oh Jamie and his stupid karate and like. Okay, he's got two parents. Like one of them was at your karate thing. Like get over it. Like this stupid Turbo Man thing. Like I I I didn't like the kid. Uh you need to be have a likable kid in your Christmas movie. This guy just seemed like uh a, a spoiled brat. I think that Chris Parnell is provides <laughs> about the best 90 seconds of this film. Yeah, I I was shocked. Uh like I, I, I think I saw this when I was a kid or, you know, teenager uh, back when it came out on VHS, probably. But I've only seen bits and pieces since. This is the first time I sat down and actually watched it. And when Parnell shows up, I was like, oh, my God, what year is this? Like him and his coworker just being over the top assholes about like the toy is just so funny. Um, and then Arnold just picks them both up by the scruff of their neck um so but and again that's the kind of thing you can't do to sinbad because he's so big but yeah parnell was definitely uh over the top and great in this as as were all the santas in the uh the super weird shady um whatever that was like a santa chop shop yeah i mean that's another thing too where like they obviously wrote about like eight things that needed to happen and we're just like all right well we'll do this and we'll do that and it'll do that. And it's, it's uh, you know, if it makes sense, fine. Uh, who cares? But like some of them work really well. Like now is it cool to go to like a place where you see a bunch of Santas who are acting nefarious? Uh, <laughs> awesome. Like yeah. kind of a trendsetter, you know, like bad Santa would come on uh, a few years later and, and be a big hit. Uh, a good amount of fighting, a good amount of physical comedy. Like I do think that there's like, a great parental edge to it so much so that like some scenes I was kind of like, man, this is a little like a little intense for my kids, you know, like, I mean, made the eight year old like, okay, maybe, but you know, like the, the five year olds, the six year olds, you're just like, I, I mean, how much are they really picking up on it? There's like a lot more violence in it than, than you imagine like that, that black Friday brawl where mm-hmm. they're just going to town on each other uh, is pretty wild. But I think what this movie does more than anything is keep you on your toes. Uh, you'll <laughs> finally get the state of play uh, and think that you understand what's going on. And then Arnold Schwarzenegger will encounter a reindeer and continue to call it a dog. <laughs> and then drink beers with it afterwards, which is just tremendous. <laughs> but uh, to go to go back to the 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 Santa the Santa shed or whatever we want to call it, um, the fact that there was then a sting, and then he, I'm not sure if he would have been arrested for this. I mean, he was there to buy something, uh, um, but he gets out of getting into trouble by flashing a fake police badge and speaking in his regular voice again, where it's like the cops are like, oh well. I mean, this guy's legit. He's obviously been undercover. Undercover is what? Well, I I don't know. I mean, I I get the sense that, uh, you know, I don't know what's going on with the police force. I mean, is this a movie for 
defunding the police as well. I mean, that's another take. I mean, they, they seem to be fairly incompetent. We already saw that one police member was rooting for the other one to blow up uh, simply for pretending that he could uh, dismantle a, a, a mail bomb. Also, let's let's talk about the concept of mail bombs. Like very 90s going on. Very. Yeah, extremely 90s. The Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski, like there was a while there. Um, there's some jokes in Seinfeld about it. Stuff that you probably wouldn't joke about now and uh, but was in a kid's movie where the term going postal um, yeah. postmen were committing mass murder uh, at, at work and getting fed up. And then also we had uh, people sending bombs through the U.S. post all the time. Both themes that are incorporated uh, into this movie. It's just so funny that Sinbad is a mailman. Uh, we get a lot of mailman humor. <laughs> like You'd think we would have used it up uh, both in Seinfeld and in Cheers, I should say. But we were absolutely not done. There was plenty of meat left on that bone. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was a rough era for mailmen. Uh, but also probably, yeah, the, the early 90s to mid 90s were probably their heyday. That was for like popular culture. I mean, you got Cliff Clavin, you got Newman, you, it doesn't get much bigger than that. And then you have Sinbad when it literally doesn't get much bigger than that. He, I mean, Sinbad has to be playing the largest postal worker in history. This is very extremely nineties where all these jokes and, and where it's, cops would believe that a mailman would have a, a, a package, a bomb package. And then he actually did. And then it, it literally explodes and they show our own outside react and they show them outside reacting to it and they cut back and it's a very cartoonish Wiley coyote uh, or Elmer Fudd blown up in their face uh, thing. And the guy cracks the joke, um, you know, but this is a kid's comedy. So you're allowed to do that kind of thing. And I think the point to make is like, we could sit here uh, with our internet 2022 brain and, and point out all like the problematic things about it, but we experienced it in real time. And let us assure you that there's nothing problematic about any of them. Like <laughs> nobody was thinking about that. Like you just kind of watched, I think that we watched movies back in the day uh, all the time. Like we watch movies on planes now uh, where you just put it on, kind of let it experience wash over you uh maybe you'll finish it the plane lands you turn your little screen off or it goes off automatically you get your your bags you leave you never really think about it again until be like oh yeah i think i saw that movie uh when i was flying to scottsdale once uh but i can't remember too much about it i i think that i it's 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 crazy like watching this movie has made me want to go back and try to find similar things in the vein um, that were profoundly weird, but marketed toward kids. And I'm, I'm, I can't think of that many off the top of my head right now, because I think that most of the stuff that we saw was genu genuinely pretty good. As I was looking at movies that were filmed in the Twin Cities, there's, there's so many, like The Mighty Ducks, pretty good. Like it, those are good mm. movies. Oh, good. Uh, Little Big League, that's a good movie. Rookie of the Year, that's a good movie. Like, I remember all the stuff that, like, is decent, 
but I'm really trying to like, I really have an an hankering to go back and find like these mid nineties things that were just like, holy shit, like that, that got made. And and that, that has aged bizarrely. I I think maybe, I mean, something like first kid, maybe, uh, which Sinbad was also in. Um, I mean, since it's a Christmas movie, I mean, the, I mean, it's not the first thing I think of, but, uh, you know, poking around on Google, kind of like Deck the Halls, which is uh, like, that was 2006, Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito. It's a PG uh, Christmas movie. Uh, It's kind of wacky. It's about uh, warring neighbors. I don't know. I feel like every actor should be forced to make a, this type of movie, Um, like, everyone every every actor should have a christmas movie under their belt and it's important and you know arnold did it so i mean you can't be too good for it the biggest star on the planet did it i mean where's will smith's christmas movie like uh like a a comedy not like a not like a super drama dramatic one i want to i want to see one of these stupid neighborhood christmas movies for every actor and and oddly enough, it, it seems like in the era of streaming, where like you just put anything up and it it's, it can exist on Netflix, it's kind of surprising we we don't have more of these. Um, and what I mean by that is like stuff that they make and we're like, here it is. Uh, you're gonna ask us if it's good. Um, it's okay. Uh, it's kind of like this movie is like if they had had a whole weekend. Uh, with one of those like SNL digital short bits that they shoot like out in like Rockland County. And they're like, Hey, we made this movie about like a Christmas toy. Um, it's, it's pretty funny. There's some decent scenes. Uh, just don't take it too seriously and uh, throw it in before weekend update. Only it's 90 minutes long. Yeah. I think they, they mostly do like all the Christmas, uh, most of the Christmas stuff. This is, they should reallocate some of the resources that go towards like the, the lifetime Hallmark type movies. Uh, like we talked about the Lindsay Lohan movie earlier this year. I mean, why couldn't, I mean, why, why does she need to help save the, uh, save the local cottage motel? I mean, we should have, she should have been living next door to Tina Fey as uh, mothers competing for, you know, the bake sale. I mean, this is, this is, we need, we need to talk about spreading out the money a little bit. I think, um, I mean, we need more of these family comedies and less of these, uh, rom-coms that where there's no actual sexual tension and bring back the family comedy where someone like Phil Hartman is just oozing with sexual tension. My last thought on this is, um, it's important to note that it came out at the same time as Toy Story uh, and really weigh the comparative successes between both the films that were trying to tell stories about toys. Uh, it's maybe the biggest biggest blowout uh, in uh, in stupid movie history. Uh, it, it's it's pretty astounding. Uh, it just goes to show like uh, what uh, good craftsmanship uh, can do. And uh, what uh, what paying for Tom Hanks instead of Rita Wilson will get you. <laughs> and and it shows that, I mean, one is about, you know, the gross commercialization 
and there's no success to it. And the other one is about just loving your toys and what they mean to you as a, as a person, as simple as they are. And that has become like one of the greatest commercial successes in history. Uh, Toy Story is a franchise that is, I mean, it's right up there. It's one of the biggest and best ever. And I mean, this, the first Toy Story came out in 95 and my kids own Buzz Lightyear crap. And they weren't born until 20 years later. It's just so weird to make a, Christmas movie where the message is uh yeah you got to get the toy uh, it's it, it's wild um it's <laughs> like if they made it's a wonderful life uh and Clarence had been like yeah you are a failure uh because you don't have any money uh the last thing to do is to to give it some rankings here we're not going to be kind even though I enjoyed watching it like I said um from the Christmas scale I give this one like a three it's clearly filmed in the summer I, I don't don't know how to get around that. Uh, they call a reindeer a dog multiple times. Uh, I did not feel the spirit. Uh, the time frame too, like it takes place in like forty eight hours. Uh, there's no familyness. Uh, it, it's it's pretty low on that scale. A movie out of four stars for what it's trying to be. Uh, I'll give it two out of four. Uh, it's probably a little generous, uh, but but it's it's at least it's interesting is what I will say. Yeah, literally uh, as a as a motion picture, as a piece of cinema. I mean, this is like a one out of four. Um, it, it's it's got a, a, a great cast um, or a very notable cast, uh, fun cast, but it's just not a good movie. Um, Hartman Hartman's great, but he makes, I mean, he really makes no sense as a, as a human being. Uh, I love, I love the genericness of karate class. You've got your son's karate class and this karate class is a belt ceremony on December 23rd in the middle of the city in a huge school gym. I mean, Come on, guys. I mean, people have got stuff to do. We got cookies to decorate. There, there are stockings to be sewn. There's stuff to do. Um, as a Christmas movie on our scale of uh, 12 days, I, I'd give it a six. I mean, they because they go through the checklist. There's lots of Santa. There's decorating. There's cookie making. There's uh, toy buying. People are shopping. Uh, you know, they they do a good job. You know, check, but I mean, there's no. There's no real Christmas feel. Um, and the Turbo Man is just, I don't know. <laughs> the Turbo Man is Turbo Man. And I can't wait to someday show my kids. And they're like, well, can I get a Turbo Man? And like, what are you talking about? Those don't exist. I would love to see uh, a, the Turbo Man motion picture, like you said, like uh, like Lightyear. Uh, you know, Hollywood's out of ideas. Maybe we'll see it. And as as usual, I mean, with any of these movies, we've come up with many money making film ideas. And if Hollywood would just get to the 30 minute mark of any of our podcasts, they'd all be so much richer. But uh, that's not the case. So for Kyle Coster, I am Stephen Douglas. This has been the Big Lead, Big Stream Holiday Podtacular. We will be back next week for a couple more holiday things. And then it's back to the real world, unfortunately. So we will see you then. Happy holidays. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.